Howdy and welcome to the Laptop Empire show. I'm here with Bobby as usual. And uh, Bobby, I want to talk about Google today. Um, hey, Google. <laughs> that's so. Really, that's really interesting that you said that, though, because like your whole business is built around Google with your blog. And for now. So, yeah. but, but, but I would say like, you know, the bulk of it for the past however many years. And yeah. mine's pretty much been built around Facebook. And I'm not a huge Facebook fan. Um, so yeah. it's interesting because I think that's my, if you would have said, let's talk about Facebook, I probably would have had the same response. <laughs> I don't really, I don't actually hate Google. I mean, I've well, sure. it's been good to us. I mean, I, I think that like, I mean, we still get millions. As of your rankings plummet year. as they troll this podcast and realize it's you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just, I mean, it's just one of those things that. I think that it it with the emergence of like TikTok and all the different video platforms, mm-hmm. I think that the experience of Google to me is not as good. And I know that we've talked about this where yeah, like I noticed it where I used to go to food blogs a lot to get all my recipes. And this is why we started talking about this in the first place, I think. Like right. I used to get recipes. Yeah, thanks for stealing my intro. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh crap. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. Uh, but food blogs, if you own a food blog, I'm sorry, but food blogs suck now. And it's yeah. really, really bad. Like if you just the user experience elements, like you go onto the page and you have to scroll through a crap load of ads. There's pop-ups all over the place. And it's like, you know that with every food blog you go to, because that's mm-hmm. the really the best way that they can monetize. I'm guessing that they just don't have really strong affiliate programs like the personal finance space. And so they have to just show ads in every square inch. But like, you know, like if you're going to search for something and you want it to be easy to search for and then you go there and it's like, all you see is just a ton of ads. Like it's just not good. So I've started actually looking at Instagram or TikTok or Facebook reels. Like that's where I get most of my inspiration for recipes now. And interesting, like the, uh, it's not perfect because like a lot of times it's like, well, the recipe's down in the comments and like the formatting is kind of boo-boo and stuff. Like it's not, it's not a great experience, but it's better, I think, than having to scroll through that many ads. Yeah. And so like, I just think that, I think that it's just getting tougher. I don't know. I I think Google is going to have a hard time. Maybe not. I I think that they're going to have a little bit of a hard time kind of keeping up with the rise of video I don't know, on that platform. Cause it just, it doesn't seem they've, I've seen them putting some video in search uh, and I've seen them, you know, they'll probably kind of continue to trend toward that, but they've just made it, they've made it really hard for websites to like put out great content and rank. Well, it's like, there's a lot that you have to do. I don't know. So I, I just don't think that it, it's as good as it used to be. And I think that a lot of people feel that way, especially with the, uh, the, AI stuff, you know, a lot of people use Jarvis now uh, to write blog posts. I've seen that like in my mastermind group, everybody's like, Hey, you know, who's using this? What are we using? Um, and it's not, it doesn't put out great content, but it ranks. And so that's the other issue is like you, Google is tending to rank content that just doesn't, it's not a good user experience. The, the It's clearly written by AI. 
And it's not, I mean, so especially with the personal finance stuff, it, it's not very accurate a lot of the time. Yeah. Uh, and I know a lot of bloggers are moving to, to that, you know, which I don't, I don't think is a good thing necessarily. So I don't know. I, I don't know where it's, it goes from here, but it's just gotten worse. I feel like there's so much we could talk about in that. Like, do they keep going down that route where the AI is ranking or do they start punishing that, you know, cause they are on YouTube, right? They're trying to reduce AI generated content. And then that's interesting too, right? For Google being the parent company of YouTube, that YouTube seems, seems to be changing with the times more than Google yeah. is. Um, and, you know, they're doing an incredible job of incorporating shorts into their mobile app even into their desktop app. And so yeah. you would think they'd be able to carry some of that over to Google. I think it's really, it's really interesting. Cause like, I mean, the whole thing that we, the big thing we want to talk about today was like, how can Google adapt, you know, and we can talk about any of those things, but I'd like to get your opinion on like how they could adapt. But we started talking about that in one of the past episodes, just because we, we mentioned, uh, we started talking about Google, but I I'm with you, like you and I cook so much. And so yeah. I'm always looking up different recipes and stuff. And like, it's to the point where I, I really don't like, <laughs> like you, I don't like to, I'm not using TikTok and Instagram for recipes. I tend to use YouTube, but yeah. I'm, I really hate the experience of trying to find recipes on, you know, on Google. And it's usually because, um, either you're just, you're hit it with ads, tons of BS that you have to read through before you can get to the recipe, or it's a massive listicle of 40 recipes, which in one way is good because you can say like, what's a good chicken recipe or easy, whatever. And you can get a bunch of ideas and click on the one that has like the most appetizing looking picture, but then you have to go through the same BS <laughs> of yeah. scrolling through, you know, eight pages of ads and, and, you know, fluff so yeah yeah I, I yeah i'm anyway i don't know where you want to take it but i just to me it it feels like for a company that's doing so well on the youtube side to compete and stay relevant and and really lock in their place as like the big player yeah it doesn't seem like google is doing as well with that and that's not yeah. even talking about the younger kind of generation right now using tiktok as a search engine <laughs> right. Well, I think what, like, realistically, what I think is going to happen, I think Google's going to just continue to kind of have an older audience, you know, people that are in their, I don't know, mid thirties to on up, you know, I, they're used to using Google. I mean, I don't think that that's going away. I do think that sure. Gen Z, I mean, I, Gen Z clearly is video based and TikTok and, and Instagram and all those mostly TikTok, but I think that Google is going to integrate a lot of video or as much as they can in search. Um, I just don't, I, I don't know how they're going to deal with the AI stuff. They, and this is just me not maybe knowing from a technical perspective, but they've said they're going to down downgrade AI written content. But I see plenty of people that are ranking really well with it in, in the personal finance space. And all it takes is, a, is an algorithm change to make that go away. But they've been saying they're going to penalize it. And I just, I personally haven't seen that yet. Um, and I think that the other thing that is kind of an issue for Google is that it's easier to, it's actually easier to create video, video content than it is blog content now. And I don't think that that was the case years ago, but like videos, like cameras are so much more available. Like mm -hmm. I'm using a webcam right now and it's like a DSLR quality webcam. Like that didn't exist sure. you know, several years ago. Um, and I think it's easier to monetize video <clears throat> because all you have to do is say this video is sponsored by whatever, you know, and you got paid for that video. 
with a blog post, if you want to make money from it, you've either got to do ads or you've got to get affiliate links. Um, you can sponsor things too, but it's just the sponsored blog posts typically don't perform as well as like affiliate links in a, in a post or ads on a post. Um, or it's just a different, I don't know. I, I don't know how to characterize that, but the companies don't want that as much as they want video. Um, sure. These days. So like the problem is like, if you want to make money, you almost have to have a bad user experience because you have to like shove a bunch of things in the article to make it monetized. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to balance that with like really good design and UX. And that's just so much more difficult and expensive really than it is to just like turn on a video, which is going to yeah. be really high quality with, if like with cheap stuff, this microphone costs a hundred bucks and I've got some lights that are like 200 bucks, I think total. And then like, so for like $600, sure. you can just create endless content. But if I want to, if I but even with that writer, you know, you own, you own a camera that yeah. this thing shoots as well as my actual camera that I right. bought for video. So <clears throat> you already have this, you know, yeah. you can get a mic. I have a little lavalier mic, which if you don't know what a lavalier, not you, but like our listeners don't know what a lavalier mic is. It's like, it hooks onto your lapel. I have one that I got for $25 that hooks into my phone and then hooks onto my, my, what do you call it? And it's not as quality as like this mic, but it's really dang good. I mean, it ups the quality incredibly. Um, so like if I'm recording from my phone and I use that, it's wild. So yeah, it's like the ability to create video now, like the biggest gap with video is people's fear. You can hide behind a keyboard easier than showing your face on camera. So there's that fear element and then it's editing. But even with that, editing services are becoming more affordable and more available. Yeah, I mean, like, I I wouldn't be doing any video stuff if I was having to edit it. You know, I like kind of I've always yeah, kind of outsourced yeah. that. But it's, you know, it's easier. And there's services now, you know, that you can get. I think Coral uses a, a service, and like, yeah, they they're really they're really good. <laughs> you know, and it's it's a, you know, it's more of a. I don't know. Instead of like getting your personal freelance editor, you can get the service and maybe you can't do as much with those. But like, if you're just starting out or you're, you know, more on a budget, like you can do really well with that. Yeah. I just think like businesses, it's going to be tough. I think for content businesses to, to really justify going after Google traffic, unless they're already really established. Like fortunately Mm -hmm. we are, I mean, we're not even like a huge site on Google in the personal finance space. Like we do pretty well. Um, There's plenty of sites that do way, way, way better, but we at least have a foothold. I just think it's extremely difficult to even get a foothold because you're talking about all the different technical elements. Like you've got to have a good domain authority. You've got to have good backlinks. Generally speaking, you have to understand site structure. Um, You have to, make sure you're monitoring all the competition and and writing articles that have, you know, better content and better UX and like all these different things. And so it's like, if you're a content creator and you're just trying to get started, I mean, do you, and you don't have a technical understanding of Google, which can seem like a black box and like be very confusing. I'm still learning things about it. Um, I just don't, it's so much easier to to go viral on something else and you you can't really do that with Google. So sure. I, I just think, for, for me, like what I know that we're going to be doing, we are going to continue to try to improve our Google rankings and rank in more places, but we're moving more to video. Um, and this is in the other businesses, this business too. Like 
we're we're moving to video, we're doing more social, like it's Google's going to be a piece of what we do, but it's not going to be the piece of what we do. And the other thing that sucks about Google is like, all it takes is one algorithm change and you can, your revenue can drop like significantly. You have no control sure. over that. And that's been my kind of concern with, you know, we do well with affiliate revenue. Uh, we, we do well with like make money stuff, but I can't, I can't, now that I have employees and stuff, like I can't base the business on just that and just, sure. you know, one day everything just kind of turns off. So, I mean, it's about diversification, but I don't know, man. I just think, I guess they're just going to rely more on YouTube, right? Like, I, I don't know what they, how they get past all of those obstacles. I think they can make it better with video and the search, but I don't know if they can completely replace it because then you just have another YouTube, you know? Sure. Um, I really, I had a couple of questions in there, but I, I actually just want to stop for a second and like, just say to like everybody that's listening to this, that's a creator, whether you're a blogger, you're on YouTube, you're on TikTok, wherever you're creating, like what Bobby just said about the algorithm change and how you can lose everything overnight, just with, like that. Like you need to take that very seriously on every single platform and you need to start building your list, right? Like there's a difference yeah, between owned audience and rented audience. And like, I just want to make this point because I, you know, as I've been spending more time on TikTok, I see all these people that are like, oh, I've just replaced my income and I've got this, and I'm going viral on TikTok and I'm built this whole affiliate business. And I'm like, man, it's really going to hurt when you look at those people's profile and they're not doing anything to grow their list. It's like, you're going to wake up one day, maybe a year from now, maybe two years from now, and TikTok's going to do what every other platform does. And they're going to squash your reach and your little business is gone. So that doesn't mean you shouldn't be on that platform. You should be on those platforms right now, but like build your list. Like that is your own audience. That's the thing you have. And if you're not moving people over there, that way you can direct them to other platforms. Like Bobby's talking about here, like your list was built off of your blog, but you're moving them to video and podcasts and social and these different places because you have to diversify where your audience is. That way you have a security blanket, <laughs> right? And I just, yeah. we've seen it so many times um, and it's crazy how, you know, in a, eight to 10 year period. Like we've seen so much, like we, we always say online businesses, like dog years, like you feel so much older than we really are. Like you and I feel like we're just learning and figuring <laughs> things out and young, yeah. but like the real, the, the realization is like, we're, we're old businesses now. Right. And so we've seen that and, you know, seen people that have been crushed by that. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, don't be, don't, if you're listening, don't be that person, like get people yeah. on your email list, learn email marketing, like protect yourself. Yeah, it's definitely, that's definitely true. It's funny, Larry would, uh, he's our tech guy, um, tracking guy, but he always talks about how Google owns email too, with Gmail and everything. So it's like, you can never like truly escape it. But you sure. know, like what, what we see, I mean, affiliate revenue is mostly driven by the blog traffic. We actually have a pretty difficult time generating affiliate revenue from email. Um, just because- Interesting. You, you, you just need the numbers that you need are so much bigger, right? Like mm -hmm. you have millions of people coming to a site and you only need to convert on a small percentage of them. Like the numbers can be, it makes a lot of sense uh, for affiliate because the affiliate play is like generally lower uh, uh, or lower payouts than a product, like an info product. But with info products, like we see email perform really well. So I think it just depends on what kind of products you're trying to sell. I, if you were doing an affiliate business, I would say like absolutely grow your list. But just even talking to a lot of my friends that are, that do, 
affiliate-based models and they have a, a, a pretty big email list from their Google search traffic, they usually monetize the list through sponsorships and things like that. It's not as mm-hmm. much driving them to, you know, um, to affiliates. So I think there's right. that too. Um, you kind of have to decide like what, what kind of business are you going after? And I, I like, I feel kind of bad saying all this stuff. Like, I don't want to discourage people from using Google or not using Google, but like relying on Google. Cause a lot of people crush it. I just think it makes the most sense with like a, a niche website. You know, if you're going to do something on like barbecue grills and like, that's what you're like, that makes sense to me. But if you're doing more of like a personal brand or you're doing more of a, I don't know, some kind of like coaching business or something like that, and you're starting from scratch. Like, I just think Google's not really going to help you as, sure. as much. And we know this, like with, uh, with digital marketing specifically, there's not a lot of search traffic on Google for digital marketing sure. terms. So if you're trying to like come in and like help people, I don't know, with, I don't know, some your ad agency or whatever, like it's just difficult for people to, to find you. There's just not a lot of people using Google for that, which is where I think YouTube probably makes a lot more sense. You would probably know more about that. Yeah. Than me, though. Well, it's so fluid too, right? Like things can change and, you know, kind of the base principles for digital marketing, paid advertising and stuff like are, you know, kind of evergreen, but the yeah. little nuanced stuff changes. And so it, you can create an article and it ranks and like, you'd be updating it constantly. So I think it's hard to keep it. It's a lot of work to keep it up to date. And when people are wanting to do that, when they're wanting to learn how to get more sales, how to grow their list, how to build their brand, whatever, they tend to follow personalities. Like if you really look at it and think about it, they're following personalities. And so they're following people on social media or they're following somebody on YouTube. And on top of that, like if that's what you're selling, if you're selling coaching or you're selling a service, I mean... Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you are a writer and like, you can do that and there's like, you mentioned the other day, like you need to know, like, these are the keywords, where's your opportunity. If the opportunity is there, go after it. Yeah. But, but the one big advantage to video and everything too, it's that picture's worth a thousand words. Like, so how much is a video worth? Like if somebody watches you on video, whether it's a two minute video on TikTok or a 15 minute video on YouTube, how much trust did you gain? How much stickiness is there, right? Like if you help somebody solve one thing, like if, cause everybody at any given moment, there's like one thing that's bothering them or that they're struggling with in that particular moment. And if you solve that, they're coming back, right? Yeah. Where, and, and that, you know, that to me is like, I've always been interested in in your business and like SEO in general, right? Because people, they're searching for a problem and they discover you. But, you know, what I've heard from like YouTube people is they're like, if you, and luckily the algorithms changed around this, but they're like, if you are too heavily reliant on SEO, you don't have the stickiness on your channel because they get the answer and they go, right? And, and so I think that's, you know, kind of the downside of it. Um, so you kind of have to, but to me, you got to have a blend. Like if you're a content creator, you have to have a blend of like the searchable content and like the stuff that helps you grow, but then like the stuff that gives you the connection and like lets people get to know you and builds that trust. Like you can add, especially with video, you can add your personality in and you can do it with writing too, but I don't know how much you do that with blogs anymore, where you kind of inject your voice the way you used to like, yeah, we do a decent amount of that. I think 
I don't know. It's that's it's an interesting point. I think that the the thing that you have to determine again is kind of like the business model that you're going after it, because like a good example of what you just said, where it's like how much stickiness is there and does SEO mm-hmm. help build like a, I don't know, does it help build your brand or does it help build like a following or loyalty? I can tell you from like affiliate sales, if we have affiliate sales for our courses, generally the people that are more of like a personal brand, um, if they're a blog, you know, and it's just a blog about them or if it's them traveling or whatever, uh, like Michelle Schroeder from making sense of sense is a great example of this. Like she is, I think biggest on Pinterest. I haven't talked to her in a while about her traffic, but I think that's probably where she still gets a decent amount, but she's also like a personal brand. It's about her. It's about sure. her lifestyle. It's it's a lifestyle mm-hmm. blog and traveling and all that. She's really great at converting with courses, right? Because like, it's hard to convert with courses if they're, cause you have to build trust. Like they have, you have to have an audience that believes you. We have a really hard time with affiliates that are just like, kind of like a nameless, faceless, just sure. SEO driven kind of like Google traffic only, like they have a hard time converting and they don't like it sometimes. Like they're, they're like, Hey, I sent you all this traffic and it didn't convert. And it's like, well, they don't know who you are. Like they just searched on something in Google and they hit your page sure. and then they came to us and they don't even probably remember how they even got into our funnel. And like, depending on how this is where it gets difficult too. like the intent of the keyword, like if somebody wanted to, um, you know, like even with the, well, I don't want to, say that one even with like the proofreading course that i just rolled out like if somebody's like i don't know best course for proofreading or something like that or if they were googling like millennial money man proofreading course like that is a really high intent like that person has a high chance of converting if they're just looking for something like side hustles and then they find some affiliate blog and then they happen to click to us like they're so high up in the 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 funnel the conversion funnel conversion awareness funnel that like they it's going to be really hard. We have to nurture them more on our end. And then it takes longer to actually get them to convert. So all that say, like most of the affiliate play on Google is kind of build like a nameless, faceless site, get mm-hmm. a ton of affiliate revenue, keep your margins really good and then sell at a multiple. Like that's kind of what everybody wants to do in that space versus like more of a personal brand of YouTube. Like they're not, you're not really trying to sell as much. Sure. Kids background. <laughs> So something to add to that, you know, just like your brand, you know, it's kind of has those personal brand elements. Like, I feel like you have a lot of brand loyalty and people know you and just because of how it started and how you've, you've grown it and everything. So like when you recommend a program, you're, you're going to do better than those nameless, faceless brands because they're the person that is clicking, they're going like Bobby's, he's the one that's recommending this it's like my friend over at millennial money man recommending it versus you know my friend at money.com that might actually i probably should have said that that might be a real website like (laughs) but you know facelessmoney.com you know recommended and i don't know anything about them so so yeah i mean that that stuff that stuff definitely matters um i'm curious makes it difficult too like for sorry but like you know, it's actually caused that is true. Like I have more of a personal brand. Most of our traffic comes from Google. So there's kind of like, it's kind of incongruent because it's like, mm-hmm. if I wanted to, and I, I don't have any plans to sell the, the the business anytime soon, but if I wanted to, I would have a really tough time with that because uh, mm-hmm. a company would come in and be like, well, this brand's about you. And so either you have to stay around for 
three years or a year or whatever, uh, or you need to depersonalize the website. So like, those are things internally, like we've been talking about, like, how do we, you know, tweak the branding or whatever. Um, but it's also another reason why we're doing such so much more on like the video side and the podcast side and all that, because like, we just need to build more brand around or more audience around the brand in general and not around. Sure. So we're going to be making some changes on those things, but it, it just, it's tough, you know, it's tough to find like the perfect balance of everything. Yeah, no, for sure. I'm curious just cause we've been having this conversation about Google, like, would you today like, like recommend people starting a blog, like compared to, I mean, when we were originally doing the podcast, that was something like, yeah, yeah, start a blog. Like, what are your feelings on that now? Yes and no. I think only if they're going to start the niche website, like if they're going to, if they're going to pick a very targeted um, thing to write about, whether it's like credit card debt, or if it's like backyard grills, like I was talking about, like there are plenty of people that start those sites. And the the goal with those is exactly what I was talking about earlier. Like you start it, you, it's pretty much depersonalized. You, do well, you rank really, really well, you get affiliate revenue, and then you sell for a multiple. And there are people that they'll buy multiple sites like that at a time. Um, and then they'll sell them and like, that's the business. And that makes a lot of sense. There's a ton of opportunity there. Um, and I know people that are doing that at scale. Like I was talking to a friend the other day where he's basically just buying up as many websites as he, as he can fixing them, getting them to rank better, negotiating better affiliate deals. And then he's going to package all of them together and sell them to like a private equity firm or something five years from now, uh, for a ton of money. That is a business model that makes sense. If you're doing a personal brand, I don't think it's bad to have a blog, but I think that it's not, it's just, it should be something that you just have in addition, like there's still value in written content. You know, some people still like that. Mm -hmm. Um, especially if you're a food blogger, especially if you're, you know, personal finance makes a lot of sense because a lot of people do like to read about it before they actually do something. Um, but I think it's, I think you have to go video first and blog second on something like that. So it just depends on the business model. Interesting. So if you're starting today, like you're starting over in the personal finance world, like, have you thought about like, man, if I was doing it again today, like, this is what I do. I'm just curious. Cause I actually yeah. thought about this. <laughs> I've thought about it a little bit. I think. I probably would, I would do what I'm doing right now, honestly, where, and we're doing it here too, where it's like mm -hmm. po the podcast, like, cause this is the, e I think this is the easiest form of content to make. I don't like doing like scripted YouTube videos. I don't even like doing TikToks necessarily. Um, I do like this. This is the most natural form of content for me. And it's like, sure. you can put it everywhere and you can clip it. And I think there's still like, I think you need to supplement it with other, like actually created content. Um, I don't know if you need to, but I think it's better if you do, but that's where I would start. I would just like, well, maybe that's your show, your lead magnets, your free trainings, like yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I would create a show. That, <clears throat> I don't know. I would do a lot of things differently. I wouldn't call it the site millennial money man for sure. I would, I would do something different. Um, so yeah, I mean, I would say, I just, I mean, there's a, that's the reason why I've kind of like shifted everything to what I'm doing because I, I didn't see a big future in just going after Google traffic. There's so much competition in the personal finance space. Um, and of course we want to compete, but there's some that are just established. Like I can't compete with nerd wallet. Like nerd wallet sure. owns like all of the keywords for everything, you know, and, and the most of the rest of right. us are just kind of picking up the scraps where we can. Um, and I'm, we're a make money site now. So like there's good volume in the make money space, but it's not incredible. You know, it's not as good as, is like, credit card stuff or student loan stuff. Like it's 
you know, it's good, but it's not amazing. So yeah, I think I would do the podcast content, like what we're doing. Yeah. Makes sense. Or I would have started TikTok like during the pandemic, <laughs> like when, when everybody started blowing up on, on TikTok, like that was a, that was an opportunity. I look back at that, like, dang, I didn't want to do all the dancing stuff, but I should have just started doing content, you know, and I knew it too. And I, that's one of those things, like, I'm not going to mess that up. Again. I, would, I would start doing it now. If somebody can, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm seeing growth on there and I'm creating very simple content. It's got a very distinct flavor, but it's, it's, um, it's moving toward educational content right now there's still a lot of growth opportunity. And like, I was like, I'm not going to dance on the platform. Like I'm not doing that period. I want to show that like you can. And <laughs> yeah, I would say yeah. some of my, some of my best content is I saw dancing videos that had educational content text around them. And I was like, I'm going to do that, but I'm not going to dance. And like, I have one where I'm just like, literally like, you know, my coffee and like drinking coffee, but I'm doing the text and very worked really well. So like, I would definitely be using that, taking advantage of it for growth and uh, to build your list. And then you got to, I forget where I heard this phrase, but I freaking love it. Like you got to create your binge bank. Right. And so (laughs) go create that content, that long form content where you're just like sharing your thoughts on topics. Like we're doing here, you know, put it on YouTube you know, even if you're not diving into the SEO and like the technical aspects of YouTube, like you don't have to do that. Like you can just start creating the content and some stuff is going to go off, but just create that hundred videos that when someone discovers you, they can go down the rabbit hole and just start going through everything like that. You know, you're not going to be discovered at first, but have that there, have it ready. So when someone does discover you, they have plenty to learn from and can kind of get into your world and get onto your list and like that kind of stuff. I and mean, that's definitely the, the route I would yeah. take. Yeah. You mentioned the, the SEO stuff with YouTube and I think I went off on some non sequitur, but like, it's interesting to watch because my wife's doing YouTube mm-hmm. and she just passed 20,000 subscribers Yeah, she's crushed this week, but, and she's doing one video a month and she used to do way, way, way more content, um, sure. but she's doing, she is doing an SEO approach and it is right. working for her. And she is getting brand interest, which is, has been interesting, like help her kind of like negotiate with brands and like, you know, here's how you get a better rate for your sponsor posts and stuff like that. But I do feel like she's probably going to have to do some other stuff in addition to the SEO stuff. She just doesn't put out enough content right now to, to, for that to make sense. But like, I do, I do wonder with somebody like her, if she's doing like a, it's a kind of review style, like do you need, I don't know, can you, can you grow with just reviews or do you need to do more content in addition to reviews? Because they, they drive a lot of traffic. That's where she's like, her main stuff has come from like mixed tiles review and like all these different reviews of different home products. So I don't, I mean, if she could add the next level, like whether it was lives or, you know, the thing that's popping into my head right now. And like, you see this a lot is like, people talking while they're getting ready for the day, putting their makeup on and stuff. Yeah. yeah. There, I can't think of his name, Tom, something or other. Um, he's got a huge audience. And like, he talks about that when they're hiring influencers to promote their products and things, he said the best influencers for conversion rates are in the makeup space. And yeah, he said, and then from that, then it's fitness and then it's whatever. And he said, the reason the makeup space works so well is because as they're doing it, 
you get so much about their life. You see them with no makeup and then you see them fully done up. So there's a lot of trust there because they're being vulnerable. Then they're talking about their life and like as they're teaching and doing things. And so their audiences are so connected to them that when they say, use this product, they go buy it or buy this program, they buy it. And so just like she's doing all these reviews and stuff, but I mean, you know, she's a mom, you know, she's got this, you know, life in this, you know, that a very large audience can relate to. And so, yeah, I think if she started doing something where it was like, as I'm getting ready or, you know, or as I'm using this product or just, you know, I think that would crush, you know, probably would. You don't necessarily have to do that. And it, and it depends too, like, what do you, what does she want? Right? Like, does she want, does she just want something like, Hey, I put this out and I drive the traffic and it's pretty passive or do I want to be a personality? Right? Like, you don't think, yeah, I don't know. I think she's trying, I mean, I, she's trying to build a personal brand, but I do think like if she used the YouTube stuff for like if she, her thing is she doesn't like doing videos that aren't reviews because like, that's the easiest. Her brain is very like type A kind of like OCD ish sure. on. And so she does really, really good reviews. Cause she thinks about like every aspect of it. She doesn't really like doing just kind of like content videos that are about nothing. But I do think that there's something to that, like lives or just kind of like more lifestyle stuff mixed in with the decor stuff that she does and all the other reviews and stuff like that. Yeah. I think there's just anytime you do content, <clears throat> there's this element of like, you you have to have different types of content. And I'm not sure if this is the same with blogging, but with video, I've the people that are really successful, it seems like they have their viral content or their SEO content. Like they have their audience building content, like the stuff that's really driving traffic. And then they have the, the content that's for my followers, like the people that watch every video or the people that, click to my profile and then they go watch videos. And that's like the, the get to know you. Um, I think like in our space, it's the more of the stuff, like the things I wish I knew the, I made this mistake. Here's what I learned. Like, you know, or just the behind the scenes, like how I build a business when I am a stay at home dad, like that kind of content where people are getting to know you, you're kind of peeling back the layer. It's not like a it's teaching, but it's not like, I think there's that. And then there's the, like the conversion type stuff where maybe it's less like the search, it's less search driven, but it's more like, this is my, I'm looking at this from the digital marketing frame because that's the world I live in, but like, here's my system. Right. And so it's more about like in, like if your con your, your growth stuff is more about like getting people's attention, teaching the basics. It's like going a little deeper and introducing your program or your offer, whatever it may be. And so I I feel like if you can have those three buckets, like you're going to have a more successful business because you're going to get the growth. You're going to get the followers. And that's important. Like having that yeah. causes you to get more reach. Like if you're on YouTube and you have the more followers you have, like the way it currently works, I know they're saying it might be changing, but like if you have a bigger audience, your videos are shown to a percentage of that audience first. And if it performs well, then it helps push you further organically, right? On TikTok, one of the things I've noticed is that like as your audience grows, 
and you're you've shown that like I have videos go off, your baseline for videos goes up. So maybe you're only getting 200 videos at first, but then after a few videos get a thousand, you know, 5,000, 10,000 views. Now you get 500 people, then a thousand people. Like, you know, I'm, that's one of the things I'm noticing is every time I'm posting now, I'm probably getting, you know, let's say between one and four or 5,000, like every time, like that level goes up. So you want to have that audience growth, but then if you're just doing the audience growth stuff where there's no substance, right? I'm not saying her stuff doesn't have substance. Reviews have a lot of substance. You're helping people make a buying decision. And so I think her conversion content and her reviews kind of go hand in hand, but how much, how, what kind of stuff could she be promoting and selling that maybe doesn't have the search volume that people would just do it because she recommends it where it's like, this is the thing I really like. And then how much does that open for sponsorships, right? If she had that, that stickiness. So you know, but I have always felt like I remember us being in Austin for like a right before, you know, before COVID when she was like just starting out and getting some traction and we were meeting for like a company thing and, you know, talking to her about like how big of an opportunity she had. And I think it just comes down to like, how much does she want to do? And like right now, I think, I think it's awesome that she's getting the growth that she's getting and she's not putting a ton of pressure on herself to grow. Cause I, I feel like that's the best way to handle it. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think so too. I mean, she's doing one, one a month, um, and she's doing a bunch of shorts, and she's had like traction on. Um, I think Instagram has done the best for her. Mm-hmm. She's had some stuff like you know pop off a decent amount of views, and like she said, TikTok's starting to grow for her, uh, at least from a view perspective. So it's like she's doing that. I just yeah, maybe I'll talk to her and be like, hey, you needed to put lives in there too. Problem is with YouTube, man. There's so many creepy guys out there. Uh, like that's that is an issue. Like. Yeah. I mean, there's one thing just putting out content in general, like, you know, having like trolls and stuff, but like, there's a whole different layer. I go through and read some of the comments on her stuff. I'm like, holy crap, these people are problems. You know, it doesn't have to be lives though. Like, yeah, it could, it could just be content, you know, more like lifestyle content. Right. Yeah. You know, even if there's something where it's like, you could just have like three, like she could just record in three places, right? And just have like that overarching story of like, what is it, you know? And maybe there's like her in the kitchen, her in the car, her somewhere else. And like, there's a, there's like a, I don't know, I, I say like a story arc. I'm not good at that kind of stuff, but you know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah, I know, what you a, mean. I know what you mean. You know, where it's just like her talking and people like getting to know her more right. and it has like a bigger theme. Um, I think something like that, then you kind of, cause I, you're right. Like there's some, it is, it is something about like, when you go live, like the trolls and the creeps come out, it's so weird. Yeah. Well, just even on our regular YouTube videos, there's like, sure. Yeah, but it's like worse. <laughs> it's where, yeah, it's worse. But yeah. Anyway, I, I think bring it back. Like Google, generally speaking, I think is going to like just trend older. I think they're going to introduce more video. I think they're actually going to rely more heavily on YouTube moving forward it wouldn't surprise me if like youtube i don't know what the the, how many users are on each one i'm guessing google has way more users than youtube right last i heard google was still the largest search engine and then and then youtube and then tiktok was just in gen z was like super high but yeah i don't i don't don't find tiktok search very useful personally 
I, yeah, I don't either. I think the Instagram stuff is okay, but it's not even really that good either though. I've tried to search for things and I'm like, God, this sucks. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to look up right now. Like what is the like largest, maybe largest website, largest websites by traffic, maybe Google's number one, YouTube's number two, Facebook's three, Amazon's four. It wouldn't surprise me if YouTube turns number one at some point, like, you know, 10 years from now. It's just, there's a big gap. Yeah. It's interesting. Like, you know, they started putting, um, you know, you would go on the app. So like, I'm a big YouTube user, like just like have it playing when I'm cooking or whatever. And, you know, they added like a bar where you had the shorts, like in a horizontal sliding bar when you're scrolling vertically. And I just noticed this week, now that bar is the first row. It used to be video, video, third row. Now it's shorts, video, video. So there, and it's not like I'm finding myself watching more shorts because it used to be like, my thing was, I've always had this like giant watch later, right? Cause I see something and I start watching it. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. I want to watch this further. Or if I'm watching something educational, like sometimes I'll be listening like in a car and I'm like, I have to stop listening to this one. Cause I need to take notes. Right. Cause that's how yeah. I, you know, I like to take notes and, but now with the shorts, like I find myself consuming that more because I can just do something really quick. I don't have to make a big commitment, you know? And so I'm like almost defaulting to that. Like if I'm sitting, you know, on the couch in the evening or something, Katie's watching some show. Cause I'm just like, well, I don't, I'm not like, I don't want to sit here and like bust out a yellow pad on the couch at 8 PM. Like, right. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so yeah, it's interesting, man. I, I feel like something's got to change, you know, and I thought we might talk about that. I, this is an awesome episode, but I thought we might talk about that a little bit more today because yeah. I just can't see Google being like, nope, we're going to stay what we've always been. I feel like that company is too smart. Yeah, I so, think so too. But, but I just yeah. don't know what the answer is. Looking at the numbers though. So this is 2022. This is from mm-hmm. semrush.com, which is a kind of a, an SEO uh, website. So top traffic or top websites by traffic in the world, November, 2022, Google 91, guessing that's billion. Yeah. 91, almost 92 billion. YouTube, 80 billion. Wow. And it's a huge drop to Facebook at 11 billion. Then Twitter's eight, Wikipedia, Reddit. Then you've got Instagram. You've got TikTok all the way down at first TikTok. And that's active users. 3 billion. That's just visits. So it's just oh, people visits. like actually hitting the website. Now, here's also what's interesting though. So Google and YouTube are way closer than I thought, according to them. Pages per per visit, Google three and a half, YouTube six. Wow. Bounce rate, meaning the number of people that leave after looking at one piece of content, 40% per Google, 29% per YouTube. Yeah. So like looking at this, I go, and okay. I don't, I don't feel like that gap was that close pre-COVID. It, no, I don't think so. Because I was looking at some older. I thought stuff it was a bigger, was a bigger gap. Gap. Yeah. So, like, I mean, looking at that, assuming that's true, you know, like, yeah. I would say YouTube is probably would probably pass Google in the next ten years, and it's higher. Yeah. Like to me, the quality thing. Like, if you look at a bounce rate that's thirty percent or less, and you're talking about six pages of visit, like that to me would go mm, probably build it, on YouTube instead of Google. <laughs> it's know? interesting. I wonder too. I wonder if they start incorporating more text-based stuff into YouTube because they do have now like uh, your community tab where you can put text posts and stuff like that. But like, you know, what if they started experimenting with 
groups or articles like on YouTube, like that would be interesting. You know, like you just never know. It's this is a fun time, like to be in the social media world because I feel like one, there's we've talked about this. There's more opportunity for growth, but there's kind of there's a lot of change going on and a lot of opportunity. Like it's just like, there's a lot happening. It's really interesting. But yeah. I think one of the most exciting parts is that like, I feel like there's something for everyone. And I didn't always feel like that. You know, like I know yeah, I when I was starting out, like I really felt like social wasn't very approachable to me because I don't like writing and it was so writing heavy. And so like, it just felt, I felt like you know, maybe that was, and that was kind of part of why I got into paid advertising and stuff. I was just like, this just doesn't really suit my personality, but I feel like there is a little bit of everything, you know? And like, for the people that are like, for you, like you were saying, like to you, your most natural thing is this, this like conversational, you know, unscripted podcast kind of thing. But so like, but that's the change, right? Like that stuff didn't perform well in the past on YouTube. And, and I think like that in a lot of ways is where it's going now. So, um, not to say that like the educational content isn't there, but it's just like, if you're, if you're a teacher versus this, like, you know, you have that option now. So it just feels like there's so many more options. There's so many things happening and it's kind of exciting because when you have this much stuff happening and this much change, like, and all these platforms are trying to innovate, like it benefits us. Like it's only oh, going to get, yeah. you know, like that. And, and really you go back the past three to four years, like there hasn't been the change in the innovation. Like it has not been a cre it hasn't been as creator friendly, right? Like it's been consumer friendly, I guess, but it was just stagnant. Yeah, I guess so. So it's just kind of a, it's an exciting time. Twitter's about to open up too. Well, we're going to yeah. talk to Robert on a podcast soon, but uh, Twitter with the new Twitter <laughs> blue subscription, I, put, I texted or messaged you about it the other day. I don't know. but Yeah. And the video um, components. They basically there. said like, yeah, they're going to let you do more video if you subscribe. But like Robert pointed out, they had a podcasting microphone next to the video. He was like, I wonder if they're going to prioritize podcasting content, you know? And I was like, I could see, I could see it, you know, and that's where most things well, are now anyway. Like YouTube has said that they're going to be prioritizing podcast content but and that they're going to be releasing new features they haven't announced what it is yet but they're you know but even just <laughs> we probably need to wrap this up but even like the recent changes that like that youtube made where they have now separated videos lives and shorts that is such a huge quality of life thing and so like when i think about you know podcast type stuff like one of my just favorite personalities. I don't want you to show all the time or anything, but I'm a big fan of Pat McAfee who used to be a punter for the Indianapolis Colts. And he's got his show, um, like a daily sports show. And it's mainly NFL, but like, if you go to their channel now, it's so much easier to consume because like the live three hour show is under the live tab. You can watch the full show recordings if you want, but then they do clips. And so all their videos are clips and then they're short. So like, if you want like the random, you know, behind the scenes where he's all hyped up up on Mountain Dew, you know, uh, taught doing, uh, what, what did he like WrestleMania or whatever he did yeah, I think so. where I he's think like so. dressed up like a ridiculous, 
cowboy because it was in Texas. And, you know, he's behind the scenes, like doing shorts, like you can see that too. So like, that's a really, and then there's a community tab, which is the written, which I mentioned. And like, um, most people aren't doing all of it. Like, I know I'm not like, I can't, it's like too much, but I think as you start to build the team and you can do that, like how cool is that to have all those opportunities and it's so clean now. So, right. yeah. Yeah. And it, so it'll be interesting with Twitter too. Like I'm, I like, I, I like Twitter more now, like with the threads and stuff, I feel like it's in, it's more valuable. Um, and then like I had done Twitter blue cause I liked being able to like create my list. So I didn't have the ads and everything. Like it's just straight up chronological by topic. So I can look at the topic I want, but like, if you added a video element to that, like I, yeah, I think I'd like it even more. So it's exciting, man. Yeah, no, I think I agree. I agree. All right. On that note, please subscribe on YouTube. You know, you can listen to us wherever you listen to your podcast, but we've got content going out daily on YouTube, usually twice a day. So if you want that exclusive content, that's where you need to subscribe and uh, we'll see you next episode. You've been listening to the Laptop Empires podcast with Mike Yonda and Bobby Hoyt. For more information and the resources mentioned in this episode, go to laptopempires.com forward slash podcast. 